recording. Another episode, we're getting ready to start with uh, my boy, Mardo Toches, and uh, yeah, well, Christmas break. What does everybody think about the podcast so far? I'm getting really good reception from it. I'm, I'm getting really good. I mean, people are blowing out my phone. We get a lot of people who want to come on. Yeah, yeah. No, a ton of people. And I'm glad Mardo could come on right now. But yeah, we are, we are getting we're really make, good. Hey, we're making right it happen now. over Christmas break. Everybody yeah, else man. is and we're drinking eggnog. I know, we're another, another one again. We're just, we just don't sleep. Working, bro. We're here for you people. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Spreading the, spreading the gospel fun. of Bitcoin. That's right. <laughs> the first thing is, uh, nice to meet you. Absolutely, <laughs> man. My, my my real name is Mardokeo, but it's really hard to pronounce. <laughs> I can't, I can't say Mardo. or pronounce that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I can't roll my R's either. So yeah. that's, that's been well established for several years now. So I'm not even going to try. But <laughs> So uh, you're down from D.C. You work at the uh, El Salvadorian Embassy in D.C. El Salvadoran. El Sordoran. Okay, not so. Okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting schooled up here. <laughs> my, my English is not so good. So let me let me tell you that I I was living here in the United States for two years, but everybody speaks Spanish at the yeah. end. Yeah. And I go out to eat and everybody talk with me in Spanish. So I don't practice at all. English. Just when I find <laughs> some people like you. Just you when know? he has me come and hang out, yeah. which he's going to have to tell you about the last time I was there. Was, I, I thought I was saying something that was, sounded awesome with these uh, security guards. And I guess we're just going to have to do the whole... Let's just do the whole podcast in Spanish. We, uh, Ready? Let's go. Hola, que tal? Como están? That ain't happening. Give us away. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Mine, mine's as bad as anybody's. But. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I know enough to survive in Mexico, but yeah. that's, yeah, that's about it. Cerveza. Yeah, I can survive, but I didn't say how long I could survive, but I could survive about a week. Mine is, uh, the extent of mine is Cerveza and Mota. That's oh, yeah. it. That's it. That's all I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Mardo, though, I got to know him over the past couple of years now. I guess the early this year is when we yeah. first met. Yeah. Two trips to El Salvador together. And so how did the, the condensed version, there's a longer version because I think you've already told it, but what's the condensed version of you even ending up? In El Salvador to meet Marto in the first place. Well, I met him in D.C. first. I went to okay. D.C. and was talking with some folks. Why'd you go to D.C.? Um, to talk with some folks about some, uh, like, congressmen and staffers and Did you senators. get, like, looped into that somehow? Yeah, or? yeah. So, um, Mandy and Surya Gunasakara, which, that's who's coming on tomorrow is Mandy. It's a great but, pronunciation um, of their last name. It was, wasn't yeah. it? I had to, I, I had to it practice, too. It took me a long too. time to practice that, so... <laughs> Um, they, they invited me to go out and obviously they come from a political background. They got a lot of connections and, uh, I got to meet with a lot of congressmen and senators and their staffers to just discuss mining and, mm -hmm. and you know, the importance of it and all that. And while we were out there, um, we wanted to go meet them cause the, the Bitcoin law and that's kind of want to go meet the El Salvadoran folks. And so, uh, Marto was there and got to meet with him and we hit it off pretty good and figured out that he's like my you know, El Salvadoran version of myself. So where I'm the American version of him. But, that, uh, was, that was his story. I would tell mine. <laughs> I would tell mine, yeah. But then he invited me to El yeah, Salvador literally yeah. like three days later. I was like, yeah, man, fuck it. Let's the, go. Let's do it. Yeah. The thing is that the meeting, it wasn't with me. They were talking with my colleague, Carlos Girola, mm. and they have a meeting over there. And Carlos uh, has something to do, but he forgot to call them. So I was going out to get lunch, and <laughs> right. then I received a call from the embassy. Hey, somebody's asking for Carlos over here. And I was just 
at the elevator, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to, to get this meeting for him, you know? I called Carol, oh, yes, I remember now, but I didn't call them. Oops, I'm sorry, can you help him? Yeah, 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 I, I can help him. So we started to talk, and uh, the thing is that we were talking about El Salvador and all that stuff, and I said, well, we're going to have to one trip to El Salvador in three days. If you want to come, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going. Can I go? Yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and that was his first adventure in El Salvador, you know. Even when the people said that it's really dangerous, you know, I think that the magic thing over here is that when you go over there and you see with your eyes what we have to promise to all the people who want to invest in, in El Salvador, you will be happy to, to have this relationship directly with us, you know, because that's our work. That's my work and Carlos' work trying to find people like, like Justin to be our, our promoters from the country. Mm -hmm. Because I think right now, uh, Justin cannot say anything bad about my country. You know? <laughs> because... I, know I mean, I can say some bad stuff, but <laughs> mainly that uh, the Ubers are tougher to get. That's true. But other than that, it wasn't too bad. But I, to clarify, I don't want it because people can misconstrue just a promoter. Like, I went down full eyes open to kind of see what it was like. And um, obviously, there is there is a large amount of poverty, right? Just like there is here, though, in a lot of major cities, right? There we, we have issues. Shit, right here in that, Houston. Right. Tons of poverty. Yeah. There's a food line that I have to drive past like every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, dude. It's like we easily and conveniently forget that like we have a lot of problems too. And we can look at places like El Salvador and other places around the world and like, you know, like that place is, you know, they got all these problems, the violence, all yada, yada, yada. While we're in D.C., you pointed out that there's multiple murders on the same street that we were on while we were out there. So yeah. it's like, this happens everywhere. Now, have they had, which this is going to get into what I want to talk about with Mario, but have they had issues where they were one of the worst crime violence places in the world? Yes. A lot of that is due to what they're coming out of in the very, very recent past. And, you, you know, it's easy for us to kind of judge them against where we are post, you know, our civil war it would be a very different story. Like we had plenty of violence, plenty of problems for decades after the end of our civil war. This was a major civil war, 13, 14 years, something like that. Actually, it was uh, kind of 11 years. 11 years. 12 years, yeah, okay. because it started in uh, 1980 mm -hmm. and finishing 1992. Okay, so yeah. several years though. And uh, so my one question, so I want to get into all the backstory. And just, uh, just give me a second. I'm not paying Justin. Justin's not getting paid anything by El Salvador. I'm not getting paid by El Salvador. I've paid for every trip when I go out there. Yeah, it's yeah. No, no problem. Yeah. So, I'm, so just I think this kind of lay the stage for how the rest of the conversation could go is, you know, you said, you know, kind of getting getting the word out about El Salvador and what you guys are doing there. What is the what is the goal there? Is it to is it to uh, attract uh, investors? Is it to be a case study? For other countries, is it showing what's possible coming out of this civil war? Um, I'm kind of curious as to what y'all's motivation uh, for kind of getting out there and the story that you're wanting to tell. Like, what where, where does that come from? Well, first of all, you know that uh, this question is 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 really hard to to answer because uh, our goal is getting the best benefits to our people. 
Yeah. And uh, most of the governments come to the United States to ask money for cooperation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the ambassador of El Salvador is working to get more investment because if you get investment, you get not just the money that it comes, you get more works at El Salvador, you give, give very, uh, better um, salaries to our people, and the people doesn't want to come to the United States. The people come to the United States because there mm. are lack of opportunities yeah. in El Salvador. But if you have these opportunities to earn the money in El Salvador, nobody wants to travel this uh, dangerous road to, to, from El Salvador to the United States. So I think uh, this uh, decision from our president to start to knock the doors for investors it was the best decision that we can have here in the United States. Even our relationship with the government is important, but I think that when you start to talk with the people and you explain to the people, because it's really hard, for example, that you are hearing at the news that El Salvador is getting 40 people dying by day. That was our past, you know, mm -hmm. our past. Uh, it was hard murders. for us. 40 yeah, murders. 40 yeah. murders a day. You know, the gangs member getting uh, all the, the territory in some poor uh, neighborhoods, uh, giving arms, drugs to, to little kids to, to commit murders or, or using drugs or selling drugs, you know. Mm -hmm. That was our reality before that the president, Bukele, and all the government uh, people from the security start to work in one plan. One plan that we hope that it would be during all the time, you know, mm. since to, to to since they started. Because uh, when you start to see our country right now, you really feel a different feeling with the people because mm. the people at least have some hope. This hope mm. it wasn't exist before. Uh, as as Justin told us, you know, like the war was. I was young when the war started. Well, I. I I remember some things that, for example, we have to live in some military uh, neighborhood because my dad feels that it was it, it was for us more secure to live over there. So we were living uh, in one neighborhood that it was a lot of soldiers in one in one mm -hmm. side and other soldiers in the other side, and you can live a bubble in San Salvador because in that way you cannot feel all the things, you know. But when the war start to to grow and we start to grow too with my when my family i remember for example that we were sitting in our houses and seeing the cho helicopters uh, shoot some people mm. in the mountains you know and we just uh, we stay there like looking oh, wow, wow 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 but i don't know how many people died in our country but it was fighting for some reason and that reason is disappeared because at the least what we found uh, with this government because of the news communication is that they were talking together you know to make some plans to get more richer them and then they put the, the population uh, with less re resources to live you so know? If, so if I under, I, and I feel bad for being ignorant about El Salvador but I feel like a lot of people probably aren't schooled up on like maybe the full story of we don't have to go yeah. super deep into the history, but I do want to have like a basic understanding of like the civil war and why it happened. 
what what kind of regime was there? Like, was it uh, what, what kind of government prior to the Civil War, and then like what led up to the Civil War? Well, we lived in um, uh, it was a, a lot of uh, how do you call what one president was uh, take off by the force, uh, like kidnapped? No, 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 no. a coup, uh, a coup, a coup. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. okay. nice. Okay. Yes, we go. Nice. Cool. Well, cool. So. Basically, in our country, it was a coup almost two or three years, you know? Every two or three years. <laughs> yeah, wow. take, was, it, it, was it set up it, as it's a, a military? It's a military government that decides that the president, that it was at that moment, it doesn't work, so let's coup it. You know, so like, it's pr- it's, was it pretty much always prior, like, military leaders yeah, that were kind of coming in? And it was military, yeah. They bring kind of their own military. Yes. Like a strong arm regime. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then... Uh, the universities and uh, some associations start to 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 try to get off this military and they won free elections. So basically the problem was that we don't have free elections for a long time, you know, and the people who decide to go against the government, they disappear them. So, so all the all these people at universities and yes, stuff, the, yes, I'm guessing professors and students, die, yes. they just disappear. Yeah, so okay. that's why the people goes out, start to make a guerrillas, and the the war starts, you know, and uh, it start uh, fighting because they have the conviction that they can get the power by the arms, and then they will give the people what they think that it. They they deserve you know. Mm-hmm. So so the guerrillas are actually kind of the good guys here, right? Well, sort of. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> depends. Right. That, that, that looks like you know, yeah. but when you start to see right now what happened before, you know, there are some people do, who who died because they have some thoughts that the things has to happen to change our country. But then when they sign the peace, the guerrilla has two opportunities to change this history because they were in the government. Democratic elections put some uh, people from the left party that it was before the guerrillas as a president and they didn't do anything for the people. Mm-hmm. No, and that's so, so the guerrillas won the civil war or no? Or they, or they just got, they got a seat. Because they, they signed a peace. Okay, uh, so they signed a peace yes. and then they made an agreement and they that, said, yes. so the, the party that was already there before and then the guerrillas came to yes. an agreement and said, hey, we're going to have an open election. Who's, whose party won the election the first time? Uh, the right party. The, well, so the actually, gr- actually in, in our country, well, for understanding our country, uh, because we believe that uh, the people has the right to choice. We don't have just two parties. There are a lot of parties. Even this political party that right now is working with the president, you know, and this is another story that we, we can talk for <laughs> hours and hours because the, the, when um, he starts to say that he wants to be president, all the political parties or, 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 or the strongest political parties, that is left party, FMLN in ARENA, that is uh, the right yeah. uh, party, they start to 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 work together to and not, don't let him to to compete. That that was their story, you know. Like he cannot compete, and they make a lot of problems or troubles around the the way that the president is trying to get 
uh, his candidacy as a president and they start to stop uh, like uh, wh where they think that they can do it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's why the president gets stronger because the people were seeing that these two enemies... Established just, uh, parties yeah, and, and, trying and, and, to block and someone. Enemies start to right. work together right. for don't let one guy, youth guy, to, to, to try to be president for our country. So basically, I think that in that time, a lot of people just who was blind start to see what happened before. They start to understand why we have all these problems around our country, you know, because they see what they want to do. And then that's why the president get all this support as a candidacy. Because then when he won the presidency and you start to see what he did, it's a different story. But at the beginning, you know, because when, 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 when he started to work and he uh, find that the establishment doesn't let him uh, do the right thing for our country, the people give all the resources to the president to get all the power from the Congress, and that way he can make all the changes that he wants. And right now, believe it or not, his popularity in our country is even better than before, you know? Like, it's so everybody, actually, so everybody likes Bukele. Yes. He's got an 86% approval rating, and that is per Gallup. Went in and did an independent kind of That's That's pretty crazy. How long has he been president for? Yeah, uh, well, right now, three years. Three years. Three years. Okay. Yes. And what are the terms in, in El Salvador? Five years. Five years. Five and then years. can you get reelected again for another five or no? Well, they are working on it because uh, there's one interpretation for our constitutional court that it says that he can, he's allowed because they, they if you read the, the constitution, it gives you the opportunity because it says like you cannot be participate, you cannot be a candidate if you were in the period before and the period before is not when he's working the period mm -hmm. before is five years ago yeah. so it's the the door is open and they are doing that to 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 find a way that he can compete but legally you know like mm -hmm. constitutionally yeah. and um, i think that right now if you see i, I don't have to talk about politics but yeah. I, I love to talk about yeah. politics <laughs> so but but uh, before before i i was uh, working with the government, you know, I was I wasn't part of any political party. I resigned a long time ago to one little political party that I competed a long time ago in 2012 as a as a candidate from the Congress. They let me use their flags, and I participated with them. You know, but before that, I never voted for any of mm -hmm. the two big big. Uh, um, political parties in El Salvador. Yeah. So for me, it's easy to to say without any problem that the things that they were doing in that time, it was the worst thing for our country. So what is the, just maybe you can answer this, what is the the short history on El Salvador and its relationship to Bitcoin? And that'll probably yeah. lay the foundation for us. Yeah, so the short history is, in 2021, in September, they implemented That's the recent. Bitcoin law. Yeah, okay. yeah, very recent. So we're just over a year ago that it's been so implemented. it's called the Bitcoin law? I mean, yeah, basically that is what it's called, Bitcoin right? Law? The Bitcoin law? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so 
El Salvador, for everybody who doesn't know, their currency was the U.S. dollar, right? That it still is. Yes, the currency. I there. didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, so they are completely reliant on the dollar. Um, they don't have their own national currency. You used to have colones, right? Yes, we're supposed to have, but they. It's just, not, just, it doesn't. Hide, 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 hide the just nobody accepts it, it anymore. Right. And if you if, if you go, but because I I saw some videos that some guy went to colones to try to buy uh, the market, you know, and say, oh, how much it costs this? And she said in dollars, oh, two dollars. And he he gave him gave her the 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 colones, the colones exactly amount that yeah. that she was asking in dollars. What is this? <laughs> colones? No, 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 no! I don't see this. The people, yeah, even that nobody believes that in the currency nobody, anymore. Nobody is using the currency. But if you go to the bank with the colones, they have to change it for dollars. Yeah, so for you made dollars. so it made Bitcoin legal tender. Yes, yeah, so they made Bitcoin legal tender. Um, in September of, of 21, um, you know, and they, they've gotten grief because obviously Bitcoin has tanked since then, which again, we've talked about this probably yeah. many times is that that Bitcoin goes through these, like it, it's just the fact of the, of the way it works. Um, and it's going to probably happen in the future. We'll have another bull run. It, this, these cycles are real. Um, but El Salvador, in my opinion, I won't put you on the spot on all that, but this is not a move that they're making like you would go invest in a stock knowing that it's going to rise next year. This is a change of an economic system and an ability to bring really kind of some economic freedom to the country. It's not just about it, you know, trying to make money, make more dollars off an investment. Mm -hmm. At least that's my interpretation of it. And um, you know, there there it's easy for like IMF points at, oh, look at, you know, this is basically trying to strong arm the country into getting off of Bitcoin's legal tender. Because I think you mentioned it earlier, the rest of the world, whether this is El Salvador's intent or not, is going to use this as like a barometer for whether or not they're going to do it. Yeah. And there's more countries that are in the situation in El Salvador um, than there are that aren't, where the economic policies and decisions of the U.S. significantly impact them. And if you think about the amount of dollars that have been printed over the past, you know, two, three, four years, um, something like 80% of the dollars in circulation have been printed in the last like four years. Yeah. Um, that's a huge number. But of those dollars that get created, at least those dollars stay in our economy. So yes, we go through inflation, but significantly less in a place like El Salvador where their currency is the US dollar. And so we print an insane amount of dollars that, you know, deflate the value, infl in, you know, inflate, uh, and create huge inflation to deflate the value of the of the dollar, um, they get it like double than what we do because they don't have those dollars circulating in their economy anymore. This is just, they purely get the impacts of the inflation that's created. And so I heard Bukele talk about that on Tucker, Tucker Carlson a while ago when he was on there. Um, and that's kind of my big thing for everybody is that if I'm another country that is solely relying on the dollar, like moving to Bitcoin makes a lot of sense just to protect yourself from policy decisions that you have no control over whatsoever. And so we've seen a lot of, you know, you see a lot of the rhetoric from like the IMF, even the U.S. government, the Biden administration in particular, um, kind of going after El Salvador, trying to point out the problems with them jumping into, you know, making Bitcoin legal tender. But I think it's, that's more out of fear and in a control that they want to maintain over countries like El Salvador that, 
that um, you know are relying on the dollar and you can kind of force and strong arm people into doing what you want. Um, I'm not a shill for El Salvador. I'm, I'm basing this as purely my opinion that um, I like seeing people go and do something against the grain or different than what they've been used to doing repeatedly over and over. And they've suffered through coup after coup after coup. And to think that the economic situation of the country doesn't have any impact on those, like the rationale for why these coups are happening yeah. is ridiculous. So go back to what you were saying. It was like coup after coup after coup where it's like, it's like, it's like the economic reset, economic reset. And therefore there's no hope for the people to ever kind of escape this, right. you know, ham cycle. hamster wheel right. of just like, I'm trying to get ahead. You know, maybe it's four steps forward and then seven steps back every four to five yeah. years. You know, that's going to be exhausting. That? And then well, the, the most dangerous thing in the world is to remove hope from people. Because oh, yeah, once yeah. you remove hope from people, then you have things like crime, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody just runs rampant in the streets. Right. You didn't speak to gangs. some of the crime. Yeah. So yeah. this is something I didn't learn about until I went down there either. And look, I love America, but we, we don't know enough about the details of places like El Salvador and what they what they deal with. But talk about that. So the, like the Civil War ends, 92. And then what it was it was like right after that. I know you had the coups, but yes. like from the private citizens, talk about the gangs and how they came in. Everybody right. knows MS-13, but we don't really know yeah. the history of it. Well, actually, you know that most of the people from El Salvador in that time at the war in the war, they started to come to the United States and Canada and Australia because they almost get out of of their land mm -hmm. and they have to look for opportunities so i don't i think that you know that here are around three million salvadorans over here you know mm -hmm. and a lot of these people came uh, during the war and start to to work over here but they don't want to live over here they want to live in el salvador so basically this is the other problem when the war finished uh, a lot of people who used to use uh, guns, they don't know anything more to do, you know? No jobs. It's like, no, yeah. it's like yeah. nothing. What nothing. am I good at? Yeah. I'm good at yeah. shooting stuff. A yeah. war ends. Intimidated. That's all you've been doing. You've been yeah. fighting in the, the Civil War, There's in the war for thir 12 years. So many historical cases of this. Oh, yeah. Of just soldiers that have nothing in it. Right. <laughs> right. We have the problem here. Yeah. We have a problem here but with the the, the... the main thing over here is that... Uh, some people who lived over here start to feel uh, attacks. Uh, they start to, to receive attacks for some gangs in, in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, there were some uh, gangs that they find some border and start to, to take these things uh, up, you know, like, like robbery and doing a lot of crimes to our people. So basically, the MS-13 start or born in Los Angeles to try to protect these people for all the attacks from the other gangs. So they start to basically to start your own to Salvador, work yeah. over here. And then some of these people get caught for the police and sent into El Salvador. So when they say send these people to El Salvador, they start to, to, to make the gangs in El Salvador. And in that time, nobody sees it as a huge problem in El Salvador. And nobody talks about it. You know, everybody mm -hmm. knows that the gangs were there, but nobody was talking about the gangs. But the gangs 
start to grow, start to grow, start to get organizations, huge organizations start to recruit young people to the gangs, and then they get all the power. But not just the Salvadorans who's part of the MS-13, because there is another gang is from, from Mexico that they send the people to El Salvador too. So we have two gangs in El Salvador fight each other, you know, to, for territories. At the beginning, I would say, okay, these people is fighting mm -hmm. over there, uh, far from our mm -hmm. houses. Like we're not right? worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. But then they start to grow and grow and mm -hmm. grow and start to be like, like an organization crime, you know, like it's like mafia. Yeah. Mafia. yeah. It's like, it's so now they're, kind are of they, ever, are they kind of everywhere in El Salvador now? Well, actually not everywhere because there are some zones that they cannot live over there because for example, uh, El Salvador is, is, is not so big, but the main problem it was in the zones out of the city, out of the cities. And it's zones that there are so it's so crowded, you know, like they are poor people who work in San Salvador, but they they kids living in um, these cities, you know, we call like a dormitory cities because mm -hmm. the people just go to sleep and then has to work in San Salvador, and they have crowded that a lot of population lives over there. So in that cities start to grow, and it's the poor people who who whose family is not integrated because some of them has to come to the United States or they live with, with their uh, grandmother or grandfather, you know. But it's a, a social problem that nobody takes care of it for 13 years, you know, like mm -hmm. 13, yeah. not 20 years, 30 years, yeah, 30 years. So it grows. It grows and... Uh, Right now, the president start to do some actions that somebody has to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And when he made some actions, some organizations start to talk about uh, the problem that it can have these people because he's not uh, helping uh, or respect their um, their right, the, the human rights from these people. And this is the thing that is always working in the bad press, you know, bad press against the president. Well, I, I cannot say bad press, but the press that is against of the president. And they start to talk about the human rights of these people. But you know that before that, a lot of Salvadorans were dying daily. I heard some histories from one guy from Tonacatepec, that is a little country, little city around, around San Salvador that uh, in this city, uh, one uh, gang member said, I love your, your girl, so she has to be my, my girlfriend. So that that take off uh, his, his kid from that mm. place. And the gang member, when he discovered that the girl's not living over there, he sent to kill his mother and uh, her mother and her 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 uh, sister, you know, uh, and, that's, yeah, and that's that's the kind of stories that you can you you hear you heard before, mm -hmm. you know, and the stories that the people doesn't talk too much. They don't go to the authorities because if you go to authorities, everybody is in danger. Mm -hmm. All your family is in danger. So right now the president start to to earn. 
the confidence of the people in the authorities. It's not just the confidence. It's, it's uh, uh, another thing, like the hope, as I said before, because if you don't have these problems in your, in your house, you can work, you can think about what you're doing, but imagine you thinking that somebody can kill your kids during your working in yeah, Sabo. Right. I don't so think I'd ever go to work. So nobody, no, nobody, everybody is afraid. And you have to pay, for example, I live in that in that neighborhood. So if I want to go inside, I have to pay the gang member to go in. If, if I don't pay him uh, a quarter or something, I don't know, whatever, whatever you think, whatever. Yeah. You cannot go in. So you just have to work for you for giving food to your family, but then you have to pay to go inside your house. So that's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. And, and that's part of, of you're painting a good picture because that, that's the part about the Bitcoin law, bring it back to that, that I think is so important because it's it's changed the image of the country. And I Gerson think, Martinez is a friend of ours. Yes. He tells that story really well and that, you know, he grew up as an El Salvadoran. He was sent back to El Salvador when he was little, but then he came back over here. Um, he grew up dealing with not wanting to tell. And he, these are his words, so I don't, I don't want to misconstrue it. But he grew up with kind of a not wanting to tell anybody that he's from El Salvador. And this image of like, you know, not being proud of where you're from or your roots or any of that. And he talks about this on a lot of different things I've heard him talk on, uh, how this Bitcoin law has really changed all of that in a short period of time, just from a branding perspective. And like, instead of people thinking the first thing when you say El Salvador, thinking of violence and gangs, they think of Bitcoin and opportunity. And that's where hope's born is opportunity. If you don't have an opportunity, you don't have hope. And so that's a big part of why I'm like, I, I want to see this succeed in El Salvador. And I will always be pushing for success there because I've met the people there. I stayed a couple days extra after that first trip because I didn't want to be with the contingency. And I wanted to just kind of go travel around myself a little bit. And I didn't get a ton of time to do it, but I did take enough Uber rides and taxi rides to figure out that like there is hope in the country now where there wasn't probably before. And especially from the young people, they, they see the difference in what they grew up watching and where they're what they're watching now and the feel that comes from something as crazy and as simple as adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. And now there's opportunity and there's things that are happening I, from that. I think the, the Bitcoin works as, um, as an important booster to our country because nobody knows even what is El Salvador. El Salvador mm -hmm. is in Central America, if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> El Salvador is in Central America. Uh, not South America, Central America. And uh, the thing is that a lot of people didn't know what is El Salvador. And right now, you know, like when you start to talk with the people, they just know about the president. But when you go to our country, you start to feel this connection. So Bitcoin help us to a lot of people who's in Bitcoin that doesn't know where El Salvador is. They want to go to El Salvador to visit. And then when they go to El Salvador, hook with the people and start to work in programs. There are some 
programs in um, in uh, as associations who's working NGOs that are working with the people to build houses. There are some people who's doing business in Bitcoin in El Salvador. So the Bitcoin law is not the big law, you know. It's just like fourteen articles and one. Important is to say that Bitcoin is accepting as a legal tender. You don't have to do a lot of regulations when you're open to to this kind of investments. You just give the, the opportunity to the market has to mm. develop all the regulations that it will grow around the. When you see you're going uh, uh, with proof and error, just right. building all the the framework that is working right now. It's not just the, the the Bitcoin law. There are another laws around the Bitcoin law that or framework that is helping to develop more uh, buildings, more real estate, more tourism. Actually, uh, because of the Bitcoin, uh, we knew some people from from DC that they were uh, buying coffee from El Salvador in a little scale and they decide to do one brand of 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 coffee uh, one blend that is using a tin that it has a bitcoin and they made mm. all the history uh, that that they think that has to be in the in the tin and uh, compass coffee selling this this coffee uh, I, I don't know if I can do that because what's what's, oh, the, yeah, what's the name yeah, of the what's yeah. the name of the company? Because it's Compass Coffee. Compass Coffee. Yeah, like Compass, Compass Mining. It, well, no? I, so it actually, looks very similar. I thought that when I met him, I was like, Compass Mining making coffee. Compass Coffee. And yeah, we had we were out there in November, November early November. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So these people, these people are doing this this blend just for for our conversation. They are interested in Bitcoin. They are buying coffee from El Salvador, not in a big scale, but they decide to support this movement and give the opportunity to Salvadoran uh, companies to, to sell. There is another uh, coffee company that he's selling, uh, he's sending things from El Salvador through over here. Uh, the name of the company is Cherito. Cherito is the word that we use to call little friend. You know, okay. it's, it's a slang from a Salvador. If you say Chero, is you're my friend. So Justin is my Chero. <laughs> Justin is <laughs> my right. Chero. Uh, it's like like a friend. So we use a lot of these 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 uh, opportunities to 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 give uh, hope to the people, and we're working with companies to open the mind. And Bitcoin is a real good booster mm. to find. Uh, people who has the money to invest in our country. Well, what right. you're doing is you're you're making the statement that hey, we we want to put in sound money, right? Mm -hmm. Sound monetary policy, and we're open for business with something that it's almost like there's so many people are waiting kind of on the edge, right? For like first movers or things to settle, and it's like they've taken the first step of you know what we're not going to wait around for everybody else. We're going to dive in and make this a part of our economy moving forward, and uh, that's a big deal, and and to take it back to what a big deal it is. So it's a branding exercise, in my opinion, partly, right? And that has, I, in my mind, that has been a huge success, a uh, huge success. I don't care what the IMF you, says. You can't, you can't think El Salvador without thinking Bitcoin right. now. Yeah. It, it, it worked. Like, in my opinion, that was a huge success. The other part of it is kind of the real, real world impacts, which are setting an example 
and being the test case for a lot of other countries to look at it. And I think September of this year, you had 44 countries from around the world that make up about 15% of the world's GDP come into El Salvador to discuss and kind of see how the whole transition is going um, because they're evaluating it as well. And that's the big part of this whole adoption of Bitcoin going forward. You're go- the countries that are going to do it are the ones that need to do it. And you know, even the people from the United States is looking at us. You know, oh, yeah. there are yeah. some Congress people who wants to go to El Salvador to see how it's working mm-hmm. because uh, even I, I cannot say from which state, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But come on, man, we won't no, tell. No, 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 I cannot, <laughs> I cannot say, I cannot say because I, I'm not allowed. Yeah, for no, that, we you know? get it, man. Yeah, We're yeah. not trying to get you in trouble, Marta. Yeah. This is yeah, yeah. Is, so but. There are some people who wants to go to El Salvador and uh, understanding about our law. But basically, our government is doing another movement that is really interesting because they are working to get good relationships with the countries or the states that they have a really open mind to, to Bitcoin. Texas. I hope that Texas yeah. can do something, you know, because right now, we have in Lugano uh, the first uh, general, where co- it's like honorable consul, consul that he's from El Salvador and he will work in Lugano to promote mm-hmm. uh, from Lugano to Europe uh, our country as a, as a, as a destination to invest uh, in Bitcoin, and uh, there are working in one office that it will be the office of, of Bitcoin, the Bitcoin office, that it will help to the people who wants to go to El Salvador to invest in Bitcoin to show mm-hmm. them how the framework work over there, you know? So I think we're not just static with the law, you know? We're working in some framework and, and uh, at least one right now that, that is something that is really, really uh, sounding in El Salvador is that there's one one law that it calls I don't know how to translate in but it's like a, a, as electronical assets or digital assets digital, digital assets, assets. Yeah. so this this law is for all the the that coins that want to go to El Salvador or another things that have relation with with altcoins because they will not be regulated at the same as Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is legal tender, so the regulation in Bitcoin is really a, a small step to, to get the investments in El Salvador. But with this thing, they we, we, we or the president wants to say that Bitcoin is allowed to use it in El Salvador, that if you are going to invest in Bitcoin as a maximalist thing, you know, mm-hmm. from our government, yeah. you have to be... Uh, working with with this framework that is easy for you and is not hard for the people, but you have to make the framework to help the people not get uh, yeah how to say that scam scam <laughs> yeah, yeah. scam yeah, yeah. Well, not not well not not I mean I don't want to say that everybody is a scam you know but yeah but yeah. they want to to regulate that at least you have one person over there to respond if right. they want to do some scam and stuff. Well, and the, I mean, 
FTX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, like, it's yeah. Enough, yeah. enough said. Right. Right. What do you see as the biggest opportunities for investment? Are there certain categories that you guys are trying to uh, kind of promote? Let's just say, hey, uh, maybe investment in real estate. Maybe right, there's certain right things now, that we need. Right now, we're, we're, I think, it's my, my opinion, you know, like the, the hospitality investment mm. in Sabor has to grow because we don't have enough rooms right now for the people who's coming, you know, mm. and uh, the government is, is helping them to, to, uh, to promote our country. Uh, and if you go to El Sonte, that is a Bitcoin beach or you're Dude, going to. It's freaking sick uh, the beach is nice oh yeah it's like do we need to start some el salvador yeah we do uh, we do yes we he, definitely he surfed do in salvador. yeah i surfed i'm like a, I, i'm a missouri boy that's just a natural on the surfboard i'm man. not and we got we got, we got mauricio <laughs> mauricio <laughs> yeah shout predator, out to mauricio predator from 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 uh, the east side Saint of the miguel of right yeah yeah san miguel in in las flores uh, this guy's a character in El Salvador for a long <laughs> Dude, time yeah. ago, you know? Oh, man. Uh, it was entertaining. We'll have to t discuss some of it off uh, <laughs> off camera, but yeah, it was great. And uh, I, think, I think hospitality is a good opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the, the real estate is a good opportunity, too, because uh, the president decides that the economic... Uh, in, uh, interest from El Salvador has to go to the east side of the country because we have a, a huge river that calls River Lempa and all the things that happen after Rio Lempa is poverty. You know, if you mm. go over there, they don't have access to there's no, infra access to, no infrastructure, to infrastructure yeah. right? Which yeah. is where I'll, I'll you finish, but mining comes into play there from a grid infrastructure build out standpoint, and that that's kind of what. When we first went down there, that's what we were talking about was grid yes. development. And I, I think I think the mining it would be important in our country. If the people understand how mining works, you know, the problem over here right now is that we have to to make all the framework with the electricity because right now the electricity uh, is ruled by uh Central American organization. So mm -hmm. but even that, if for example you want to put um some machines in El Salvador and you want to bring your own electricity, our country is open. The only electricity that you have to ask for permission is if you're going to do hydro or if you're going to do geothermal because you need a permission from the government because you're using uh, natural resources. Natural resources. Right. Yeah. But if you, for example, bring solar, uh, eolic, or uh, uh, any kind of energy you can bring the energy to El Salvador and you can put your machines over there but uh, right now we're working on it but I think because you know I'm not uh, I, I am really new uh, talking about Bitcoin I didn't know anything about Bitcoin I remember that one guy before a long time ago we were in some place and he was saying hey we have to invest in Bitcoin <laughs> Why am I going to invest in something that I don't have, you know? Yeah. And I'm a lawyer, you know? So the lawyer works in law, you know? So yeah, yeah. people start to talk to me about, oh, you have to learn about blockchain. And I said, well, I don't care about blockchain. I don't care about any digital things, you know? My my focus is uh, arbitration uh, and uh, and what I studied in my, in my law school. But suddenly I have this opportunity to come over here and the first person that I met, it was Marshall Long. 
<laughs> he, was was the, he was yeah. the last yeah. the first person, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first person yeah. I met in, in Bitcoin, you know? And uh, <laughs> that's who we send as our, our Bitcoin delegates. And the thing is, when I start to talk with Marshall, and Marshall start, start to, to explain me over everything, you know, and I saw the facilities that they have in, in, in Rockdale, you know, I was, I was pretty impressed. But when he started to tell me everything, I understand that it's not just Bitcoin coming to El Salvador. We need that Bitcoin mining start to operate in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. Because if you buy some Bitcoin, you have your asset, you know, you have the the Bitcoin over there. And it depends of the of the price if you decide to sell or not. So it's more like trade. But if you have your machines and the machines you get good uh, electricity price and you start to Link leaking all the days the money you know the money is going to to come mm -hmm. to our country so if we understand that uh, it's better for us yeah. having mining that Bitcoin well it's, it's good having mm -hmm. Bitcoin but it's better if you have mining is there and, anybody doing any projects currently down there yeah, there's people working yes. on stuff. Um, there's the name the name brand guys, or is it all uh, under the, under the, the radar? name brand guys are involved? Okay, and and people are looking for more ways to go down there because, like, honestly, I've I've told many people this. Like, you know, there's a big concern about putting money into a foreign country because you don't know how like it can get nationalized, and it happens in oil and gas a lot, right? Yeah. But now it's like El Salvador is probably a more friendly and safer environment to invest in Bitcoin than places like New York or, you know, I don't want to say Pennsylvania, they're, they're still open, but like places like New York, California, any place where you have administrations or, or leanings mm. that don't, that are kind of anti-energy use because of their lack of understanding of how the energy use is actually, it, it can be used in a way to strengthen so many other aspects that really enhance people's lives. Um, I think you're going to be, that's a risk. Look at New York's banned Bitcoin mining. Yeah. So um, places like El Salvador are actually safer investments. And that's why I start to talk with the people because you know that we have free trade agreement mm -hmm. and there is one chapter, uh, I, I, I think it's chapter 10, that it talks about investment. And all the framework for investment, there are like four rights that you have if you go to El Salvador and if you get expropriation from the government, they have to pay you the money exactly because I mean, I can, I can assure that the President Bukele during the time that he will be there, you know, uh, he will respect all the investment mm -hmm. in, in Bitcoin, but we don't know after that. We, we don't know about mm -hmm. that, you know, we don't know what it will happen in the future and what time the president would be in, in, in uh, as a president, but that uh, that framework help you to understand that it's really, really, really uh, secure to invest in our country because we have this free trade agreement, and if you have any problem, you can go and ask uh, to our government to pay you back the money. Not in El Salvador, you can come to one international arbitration. Uh, uh, it's for the CAFTA, right? Yeah, Based yeah, on the CAFTA, CAFTA yeah, so but Central the, America, but the, but, but the exceed exceed is the the investment uh, settlement 
arrangement from uh, arbitration. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember the name exactly, but well, the thing is that you can go to the to the World Bank to help you to solve that problem with El Salvador. You know, you mm, right? Uh, yeah. Which that is good and that helps, but people are always still going to be like, oh, okay, I don't want to, you know, have to yes. go down that route. Like that, that's a hang up for. But them. ten years, right? Ten years <laughs> later, yeah. I mean, and obviously, as this law is in place longer, and as like you were saying, trial and error and things develop, and laws will cr be created, and other things will be tightened up, and all this stuff will start working itself out. It's like we're in. This is truly like a free market place yeah, right now yeah. and so the laws are going to start being implemented um but right now it's like we ha we need to see more people make a jump and obviously right now with bitcoin prices being depressed and profitability down so much it's hard to get money from anyone right actually now for I, I was trying to sell a property in bitcoin <laughs> yeah. and then Nobody wants to buy me the property because Bitcoin goes down. You know, but <laughs> yeah, we don't I want to try, get, I try, I try. I told him he told me two Bitcoin before. Three Bitcoin. Three Bitcoin. Yeah, three Bitcoin. So now I'm like, all right, three Bitcoin. He's like, no, man, nine Bitcoin. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want three Bitcoins for that property. You know? <laughs> so let's look at this from. Let's just uh, do an imaginary case study, right? Let's assume you're still with uh, J Energy, right? Mm. And you're looking at El Salvador. You you've got on grid. Obviously, is the cost of electricity there significantly cheaper than no, here? No, it's higher. It's higher. It's significantly higher. Okay. That's the issue right Okay, now. so that's a that's a little bit of a right. red flag right at, at right. first. I don't know anything about the energy industry there. Mm -hmm. Is there oil and gas in the same the, – definitely not the same quantities, right. but like on a much smaller scale? Is there is producible there, like an economic yes. quality or quantities oil and gas? Right Can now, you speak to that? Yeah, right, I know there's not a ton of yeah, development right, 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 right now. now. Right now – we are uh, we we don't have this kind of of energy in El Salvador. Yeah, we don't have this resource working yet. Yeah, yet we're working on it. I cannot say more, you know, but mm -hmm. we're working on it. Well, there's a lot of hardworking oil and gas entrepreneurs, yes. probably like Gideon, oh, yeah. who would love to go down there oh, and poke some holes in the ground. Yeah, uh, Gideon. 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 Uh, Gideon. Gideon, right? He went to El Salvador. Gideon yeah. went with me yeah. to El Salvador a second time. So maybe we served. Maybe Petroleum Petroleum starts yeah. punching some holes in El Salvador. I, it just becomes international. If anybody was down to do that, it'd, it'd be Gideon. Gideon. It'd be Gideon 100%. No doubt. So. so, okay. So let's go back to this. Um, so let's just assume oil and gas off the table. So we're, we're powering probably on grid in some capacity. How do we get over that hurdle? Because- Obviously, bringing prosperity to El Salvador and to the people and stuff mm -hmm. is a super, super noble cause. But from a purely capitalistic investor standpoint, how do we incentivize the miners to come down and invest in El Salvador? Can, can I take that, Marto? Sure. You care? sure. <laughs> I think it needs to be done kind of as a blended uh, effort with, I've talked about this before, ESG, we focus almost solely on environmental kind of side of that. Um, but from a social standpoint and uh, and uh, even a governance standpoint, bringing power to people and stabilizing a grid and expanding a grid, making it more resilient is one of the best ways to improve somebody's livelihood and, and the circumstances that they live in. And so when I look at it, it's like, look, this needs to be a blended effort where we can bring in investment that, from the ESG world that wants to develop a resilient grid that is based on renewable technology to people that don't have a resilient or really hardly any access to reliable electricity currently. So we bring in investment from that side. So solar, 
um, hydro working with the government, geothermal working with the government. And from the mining side, you're bringing in mining more of an infrastructure play. And this is kind of what I was pitching to the government. So you're saying the government be, be more before. vertically integrated, like, right. Ma- like Max at Standard Power, like owning power, owning, ge- a owning power, generation, power generation, right? And then also the mining. Effect. Right. And yeah. using it as a way of like working with the government on areas that want to be developed, coastal regions, uh, the eastern side of the country where you got very, I mean, it's like 60% of the country is undeveloped. I mean, it's a, it's a large portion of it does not have really that much development at all. So working in conjunction with miners and kind of the the power providers to come in and strategically locate some mining facilities that is going to be used where it's like, hey, look, right now we don't have the residential or commercial development, but we want it to come here. And so in order to create more tourism and all this, we got to have reliable power, reliable grid, come and build out a solar facility here. Um, it, we may just be mining off of it for the first five years, three to five years. As development starts to come out and we curtail power away from that, we're sending power from the mining operations to new residential commercial development, tourism, whatever it may be. And we start moving the, to the next site where we're going to develop additional grid power and future uh, residential commercial development. We move our mining operations over there. So we kind of work in conjunction with like ESG efforts, uh, Bitcoin mining efforts, and with the government based on their strategic development of where they want things to grow. And start start kind of building it that way. Not make it like I say a lot. Bitcoin mining is not just about trying to make certain revenue. Like it is an infrastructure play. And mm-hmm. if we would pitch it that way more, I think we'd have a lot more success rather than just saying, "Hey, we want you to be a Bitcoin miner. We want you to go into this. You need to adopt Bitcoin. Yada yada yada." We need to take it as and show for what it is and the use case it has, which is grid development and resiliency. So that's my opinion on it. Yes, uh, even. I didn't mention, but for example, right now, if you bring your own um, renewable energy source, uh, the government gives you some tax exempt for bringing the machines and all all the stuff, and you don't pay taxes, uh, gain capital. How do you call it? Capital gains. Cap- cap- yeah. Capital gains for for. What, what kind of taxes do Bitcoin miners pay here? I mean, that's still a mess. So they treat it as ordinary income when you mine coins, even if you haven't monetized it yet. Um, But then they also try to tax you capital gains, long, long or short term capital gains if you sell it within, you know, a year of when it was minted or mine. And is that still gray area or is that kind of like black and white now of like, hey, here's exactly what you need to pay? It's still gray. And until that thing is resolved, that, that, even more so than anything I think the SEC does. For me, it's the tax, how it's going to get treated. And that keeps a lot of institutional money on the side. But that's where- That's a major place, incentive. Yeah, right, like, right. like assume the tax is 8% here or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You go down there yeah, and it's but, like, hey, well, no taxes right, for but, X but amount of years. That's, that's in energy, not in, in Bitcoin mining. Oh, really? Yeah, it's in okay. energy. It's in energy. So if you bring your machines in, uh, and do solar or- uh, or um, eolic or any kind of energy renewable, you receive tax exempts for some times and you can bring the machines without paying taxes. So it's, 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 not, it's a good opportunity to, to, to invest in energy too. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if, if you know about it. You know? Yeah, so, no, that's, uh, that, that's a big deal too because yeah. that, that's, that's a big expense, yeah. right? And that's a huge expense. If you want to spend your Bitcoin in Sabah or you don't pay anything. 
But if you want to do business with Bitcoin, you pay gain capital, right. capital gain if you if you receive any. But for example, if you go to El Sonte and you want to buy, uh, I don't know, food or right, whatever. Well, the shrimps, the cocktail shrimps. That oh, dude, I gotta tell. Okay, yeah, you finish that, and then I gotta tell you a story about the food. It was freaking delicious. I got four. Screw it, I'm telling the story anyway. I got four shrimp stuffed lobster, right? So lobster stuffed with shrimp is freaking delicious. I love lobster. Got three things of ceviche that were like this big. Oh, like, I love ceviche. It was delicious ceviche, and then like I, I don't know. I hate using this term. Like a carafe is a a carafe of. Uh, Sangria is freaking. Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the big thing of it. Yeah. How much would you think that cost me? So you got the you got the sangria, you get the lobster with four shrimp, shrimp yeah. stuffed lobsters, four, three things to beach in that craft of the sangria. In the I mean, in the states, you're looking at probably like 45, 50 bucks. What are you talking about? per lobster? You'd be looking at that easy. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. multiple lobsters. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I don't know. Yeah, like it'd be hundreds of dollars, yeah. right? 34 bucks, dude. 34. $34. And that included the tip. Yeah. It was let's awesome. Go, let's go get some lobster. I know. And then there was, what was the other sushi one we went to, Bruto? Bruto yeah, no, right? no. I didn't. I oh, didn't, you didn't uh, go. Yeah. I, I went to Bruto. Went there. Got a. I mean, I'm not going to say it was Uchi level, but it, <laughs> but it, I took him to Uchi the other day. <laughs> but uh, it was good. Really good. We got, I mean, I blew it out that night. We spent like 100 bucks. Does Uchi's paying you something because Uchi yeah. should be paying me something as much as Uchi's I'm good, taking man. so many Uchi's people there. Good. Uchi, yeah, I, just, I need a punch card, Uchi. Like, uh, yeah, ten dollars off the next. Yeah, yeah ten dollars off. Yeah, is he work for the park? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it is, it is, it is. But, but yeah, I mean, look, El Salvador. Uh, I I love the people, and I, I'm just a proponent of people that have, you know been dealt a tough hand and yeah. what, what they've had to overcome. I mean, Marto almost downplays it, but the stuff you've had to see as a kid growing up and just living through a civil war like that, like we have no idea. Mm-hmm. We have no concept of what that would be like. Um, and it's easy again for us to like look at another place and judge them based on the way we live now. But we've had, you know, we've been a democracy for 200 plus years now. We've, we're 150 years removed from our civil war. Like it's a lot different situation there than it is here and what they're trying yeah. to overcome. I just, we have know. running water. We've got, you know, a very stable grid. Right. You and know, uh, we have all the, 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 natural re, the natural resources in our country is limited, really limited. Right. So Bitcoin open an opportunity to have our own mining you know yeah right but uh, at least you you get something for bitcoin and we don't have uh, uh, we have gold in some places but it's really hard because the world is around the river that gives you Mm. food and water all the time so you we have just one huge river that's lempa river you know and around it has uh, some uh, gold uh, gold mining but you cannot use it because you use uh, cyanuro and all mm-hmm. that kind of of metal, hard metals that can give you problem with, right. the, with the health. With the Pollute problem. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, and like our biggest export from the U.S. to El Salvador has been basically MS-13, and that's where I'm like, look, man, we 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 owe it to them to 
try to help them out of this. And that's why I do, I do hope that they're, uh, that these things work out and that, you know, there's obviously there's, um, you know, people concerned about the civil rights issues, which everybody should be. And, you know, you should watch for that, but we also can't sit here and hypocritically judge them based on situations that we've played a role in creating and, um, you know, like it or not, that's, that's the reality to me. And, I, w- I just want to see it be a success there. And I'm super happy I've got to meet Mardo. I want to get Ambassador Mayorga on here. I'd love to get Bukele on here at some point. We we need to get President Bukele. Well, I mean, we'll go to El Salvador. Yeah, we'll go to El Salvador. On. We'll go to El Salvador. We'll pack, Hook us up, Mardo. Pack the whole studio up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for another reason to go down there anyway. Yeah, I got to go, go surf go. again. Uh, so. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I, I was born to surf. I just realized that. <laughs> I realized that after one time. So. <laughs> Look at the view. Yeah, yeah, I was <laughs> That's there's an inside story to that. I can't tell you. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. It was great. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm happy you came on and no, appreciate it. And thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Uh, sorry that I, I talked too much. No, 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 what are you no. talking you did, about? You did great. I, I have a, a a much greater understanding of uh, the situation in El Salvador now, and I'd love to go. Yeah. You got Let's anything go. else you want to ask him about? I think that's. I feel like I need to do more research, and then we'll get you on again. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go read some books in El Salvador and try to school myself up. Maybe I could throw you some curveballs next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so tell me why you're here in town, though. Well, my little kid. Well, we, we came with with my family mm-hmm. because uh, my 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 wife has uh, her her cousin lives in in um, in uh, Fulcher. Okay, but. I went to Austin and and we went to to uh, San Antonio because uh, my kid wants to study engineering aeronautical aerospace, aerospace engineering, aerospace engineering. Right? Mm. and uh, she received a letter from from the University of Texas that they are interested in her to to study. She's in tenth grade. That's so awesome. She made a pre-SAT and she's receiving offers for different universities. And uh, that's why I'm here in the United States because uh, I was a lawyer over there. And uh, sometime I received uh, the invitation to come to the United States and work at the embassy. And uh, when my wife, because I have different opportunities. Even mm-hmm. my wife's from Colombia. There was open one opportunity in Colombia. But when we heard about uh, Washington, uh, my wife was in some meeting with some teacher in third grade of my kid. And, and, and he said, your kid will be whatever she wants. The only thing that she needs is your support. So that's why I re- resigned all my my past, all my my dreams, and come to the United States to make my kids that's dreams awesome, man. come true. It and an aerospace awesome, engineer too. Like that's it's dude. so cool that that's a thing that kids are now into again. <laughs> I know, man. I was, like you I was think like, about like NASA dying <laughs> off, right? But then you got yeah. SpaceX and Blue Origin, right. and Virgin Galactic, and th- those countless others. I see. I get like notifications all the time about you know investments that are going into the space industry, and I think to myself like. How cool! Oh, dude. How cool is that to get to work on something that you're probably going to see? I'd say dramatic improvement in in that space, uh, in especially our from the private industry. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she went to Uchi with us as well. His daughter did. She speaks like perfect English, and I was like, "So you know, how long ago did you learn?" She's like, "Like two years." 
And she didn't like she just learned from being here, yes. right? She yes. didn't even just speak being English. Immersed, yeah. she's, right. stu- she's studying a French school in the suburbs, so she speaks French, English, and Spanish. And she said she's working on Portuguese right now? Well, she wants to study Portuguese, but right now she has to calm down because, <laughs> because you know, like too much. She always uh, is pushing herself, you know, and we're trying to to not get tired to her, you know? Yeah. Because That's like every parent's issues. They're 15 year old just trying to learn too much <laughs> and just pushing it so hard, you know what I mean? We always. That's a very common problem yeah. here in the U.S., man. It's not, the same, it's not the same thing with my other kids, you know? <laughs> it's not the same thing with the other kids. But they're, they're incredible, too. They speak three languages, too. You know, like, and one of, of them, they are twins, and one said that he wants to be a lawyer, so it will be my my follower, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome, and this, even that, I think the opportunities in the United States are good. I think that at, at the end, what what we want or what I want for my kids is that they have to know that their roots are in El Salvador and they have to give some example to our country, but then give back to our country. Because even uh, that I, we have war, we have a lot of things. We have people that is showing us during their life that you can do things different for yourself, but then you have to help the people to grow in as you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to grow. And I think the main thing in El Salvador has to be the education. If the education works and the people who's right now learning English in 10 years, they will be speaking perfectly English. Mm-hmm. So the president is working on it. They have, they are giving some computers and you can, hear that, oh, okay, but here in the United States, they give you a computer, but in El Salvador, a lot of people doesn't have this opportunity to dream. And if you have a computer and internet, yeah. you have mm-hmm. open source to to learn. Yeah, that's, Man, that's true. Things like that we take for granted. Oh, we do. We take so much for granted. And and I mean, it's it's not our fault all the time, but I do think we have a duty to try to learn about it. I, it, I love it. I, I love talking to you about this stuff and Speaking of lawyers, real quick, we we are starting a nonprofit. Nonprofit, yes. Right, right. So we're going to be working on putting together like a, a legal organization that kind of focuses on Bitcoin implementation and helping the lawyers understand the Bitcoin. Because right. if you go to any country in Latin America and you talk about Bitcoin, the lawyers doesn't know anything about it. So when the politicians goes to ask to the <laughs> to the lawyer, okay, what do you think about Bitcoin? All the people is like, oh no, 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 no. So I, we were talking with with Justin, and we think that the best way that we can help the people to understand, uh, the lawyers to understand, is working with the team. You know, yeah. like uh, right now, I'm just uh, with him talking about it. You know, but what what we see is that if we make an organization that it could be. At, at the beginning with all Latin America, but it can grow to all the, the world. We can give the opportunity to lawyers to understand because when I, I go to El Salvador and I ask my friends, do you have the Chivo wallet open? No. So why you don't open it? Mm-hmm. You can swap the money immediately if you don't want to use Bitcoin. 
but you are losing clients because the people who's coming and understand the Bitcoin, they want to pay you right. in Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. Chiva Wallet is the the El Salvadoran wallet. They when they implemented the law, they started a yeah. their own wallet. If you Chiva send wallet. me ten thousand dollars, I will help you to, to understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You just send me hey. twenty thousand back. Mardo's a TikTok star too, by the way. Now we yeah. we should. What's your TikTok handle? Because uh, we we need to put that out here yeah. so that you can create a, a bigger following oh, than he has already. Doctor Bardoqueo touches the TikTok. Yeah. So it's in Spanish to... right now. It's just in Spanish because I I help the people. To understand in El Salvador how the how, how the laws work, uh, there's a lot of people who lives over here. They get scammed for some lawyers over here, you know, and mm -hmm. they receive money and they don't do the work. So I'm trying to to help to make easy mm -hmm. understand what are the steps that they have to 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 follow to get some uh, legal uh, advice in El Salvador without having these huge problems. You know that some times they paid some money to a lawyer over here that they, they can tell you that I I will work for you in El Salvador and they don't know they don't have any idea yeah. so I'm coming here uh to 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 work at the embassy so I don't have any interest in in their money of that you know so what I'm doing is giving my my free time to to teach the people how they can uh, develop their their uh, ideas in a suburb with the commercial law or how they can solve a problem with the civil law and uh, a lot of things man I, I i try to right now because i was so uh, busy mm -hmm. traveling with ambassador i stopped for a while but it, it was uh, it, my when i received a course and it says like okay you have to make the hundred uh TikToks and then you you can start to learn, you know. So the people is not coming in one TikTok. In my fourth TikTok, I got like four thousand people <laughs> following me. So I think it's a good work what I'm doing. I mean, that's similar to what we do with yeah. energy, with energy and and with and with Bitcoin stuff too. But I mean, that's it's a really good point. You know, I don't really think about lawyers who represent the embassy in Washington D.C. for <laughs> El Salvador creating TikToks to spread the gospel, but like. Yeah, he's I mean, the man. That, that makes sense. He's the man. I appreciate it, man. No, I'm glad thank to, you. To we'll make this. Boy, we'll make so. this happen again. Yeah. I want to. I want to follow the progress in El Salvador, and we sure. should plan a trip down there sometime. Yeah, no, we definitely should. I want those. I want that lobster, man. I know. Let's go to eat lobster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. I'm down. <laughs> yes. Well, thank actually, you, Mario. Actually, I will be there on ter uh, January 30 to February 7th. If you want to go, I will be in my vacation, so I can show you the country if you want to go. Okay. Don't tempt me it's with a good time. Don't it's tempt me with a good time. <laughs> Mardo, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thanks really for, appreciate it. It's great meeting you, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for schooling us up. Appreciate it. I always, uh, always appreciate getting to hang out with my hey. boy. What? So. My twin. Yeah, my, my twin. My American <laughs> Salvadoran twin. <laughs> yes. So. Thanks, bro. Also, everybody, leave us a rating and a review, preferably yeah. five stars, and tell us really good things so we can make this right. podcast blow up. So I'm excited, man. We're having fun. It is. It's good. So thanks, man. Thank you.